but you're also talking about guys that that grew up learning from some of the best people too and and you know getting to work with joe meek and really pushing the limits of sound i mean Richie, oh, yeah. Richie was exposed to and had opportunities to do things that I think really brought that uniqueness. But also, I think he just was one of those people born with some ridiculous ability that, you know, for whatever reason, yeah. you know, as he was being constructed, somebody said, that guy, that's going to be one of the guys. But another thing is, I also don't know a lot about C.C. DeVille's mm-hmm. history, like who were, who were his influences, like how much right. did he learn or really get into the guitar? I mean, obviously he he practiced, but I mean, how much of that kind of experience did he get? You know, whereas even, even like a player that you couldn't put in the same category as Richie, like, like Ace Fraley, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is definitely not as technically, what and never was technically as gifted or as good as him, but definitely had like something going on for him. But if you think about the time when he grew up and the music he was exposed to, and even some of the stories he told in his autobiography of like um, um, being a roadie for Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that for um, I think a show or something like that. It's like they, they really like were steeped into all this different type of music and experiences that maybe somebody like CC didn't get. Yeah, you know? I, I don't feel like he, just judging by his playing, I, I don't feel like he was like a classically trained guitarist, uh, which is not a knock on him. I just don't think he necessarily had that influence. But I'm only judging mm-hmm. by the way he's playing on this album with this band playing these types of songs. I mean, right. his solo album could be completely different. He could have been influenced by Michael Hedges or Johann Sebastian Bach. I mean, I have no idea. You know, yeah. but, but but a lot of it too is like this is the project, so you play for that project. So maybe the writing and the performances are like, here's how I would do this kind of music. If I was doing country, I would do it this way. If I was doing classical, I would do it that way. I I want to be fair to the guy. I don't want to knock him because I think he's he's a talented player, and I don't know his history. So uh, I think that would be fair to say. But I don't think there were a lot of guys that were really this kind of flashy before him. So he might even be considered like an innovator of this style of playing too, because who was doing it before him? Hmm. Yeah, true. Um, I mean, I guess you could say, um, you know, players like, uh, like George Lynch, mm-hmm. um, uh, trying to think of who else. I mean, like Yngwie bands like around, that, like, but, but yeah, uh, Yngwie was around, but I'm trying to think of, but Yngwie was a lot more, uh, like uh, did it did a completely different type of music. If you're sticking yeah. in this one, like maybe like uh, Cinderella, like Jeff Labar, um, George Lynch. Who else? Um, um, not really Mick Mars. Mick Mars was really a really unique type of guitar player in this genre, in my opinion. But um, just a couple that I could think of off the top of my head. But I, I think that you know, for this kind of like um, for this kind of like junk food type of uh, rock glam rock uh it's it, it fits in yeah yeah i would agree but but i i would say i don't think there's a lot of people that were doing this before him so it's it's kind of it was kind of a unique thing i think around this time to hear this kind of it's like shredding at times but not shredding and going back into something a little more uh melodic it's it's a really interesting combination for sure um yeah you know it's 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 something unique and i i've grown to appreciate it over the course of listening to this album so thank you very much for for uh hmm. challenging me with this one because it's it's been a great experience uh yeah, cool let's check out the next song this is uh one that a lot of you guys will probably know 
is called Nothing But A Good Time. The sound is so different from the first song. Like this, the production on this one just seems so much better. Well, I think that the uh, this one kicks right in, mm-hmm. um, whereas I think the first one they did that that thing where you have the guitar and the drums and the singer, but the bass doesn't come in until the song kicks in. So it sounds really, it sounds thin mm-hmm. before like the whole song kind of kicks in, whereas this one just like, boom, right off the bat. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it definitely has like a, like a fuller, a fuller sound, like coming right in off the bat. Um, this was the, this was the first song that I heard from this album. So this one, it holds a special place right here. <laughs> sure. I think the um, first song I heard from them, if I'm not mistaken, was Talk Dirty to Me. And mm. I didn't know who they were. I was I was looking at joining a uh, a cover band, you know, just to play, you know, in bars here and there. And mm-hmm. uh, this was one of the songs on their list. And I listened to it, and I'm like, this is a pretty good song. And then I think I heard nothing but a good time. I'm like, okay, who are these guys? And then I saw them on MTV, and you know, made my my decision. But this is definitely a great travel song. Like this is a great song to just put on the in the car, hit the highway, you know, a, a great open road song. I would say. Yeah, I could see that. Um, this is, um, I mean, I don't listen to this a lot anymore. I mean, at this point, this is the uh, this is the type of song that uh, I, didn't they use this in Cobra Kai, actually? I think they did, yeah. Yeah, so this is like the 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 uh, the establishing music of, um, I'm, an, I'm an 80s, I'm an aging 80s rocker guy that loves to party or I'm stuck in the 80s or something like that. Um, this is definitely that identifying song. Uh, but I mean, I, I just really, I, I loved the song when it came out. I still think it's fun to listen to because it's got it, you know, it's got all the, 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 the hallmarks of the party song. You got Brett Michaels for the first, like what minute just being like, Woo! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, you know, like not even singing anything. You have a ripping guitar solo, Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I still love. I still think it's a great CC solo. And then you have the uh, the whole, um, I, I don't know what you call that technique, but right after the solo, the whole like, it's you know? like a reverse snare. Yeah. 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 It's like the whole like thing where like, you know, to get the crowd to pump their fists, you mm-hmm. know, uh, it, it, like uh, the, the thing that builds up the tension before you go to the last, uh, the last verse. So, I mean, it's got, it's got all the, all the trappings in there, including, including a uh, a ripped off riff from Kiss. So, oh. well, it, it's definitely set up for a, a great live song. I mean, when you put oh, that yeah. you know fist pump beat in there to get people to you know put their hands up in the air or clap or whatever they're going to do, definitely very well set up for a extended live performance. But what's yeah. the what's the Kiss riff that they ripped off from the first album? uh deuce really mm-hmm. interesting it's the if you listen to that and then you listen to this it's 
almost the same thing, mm -hmm. which a lot of times I'll be like, oh, that explains why I like Kiss because that's where it came from. It's right. almost the same riff. Well, it, um, it, I, I'm not a big fan of the vocal mumbling, just making sounds and stuff. Like for me, uh, I, I have to respect a singer that can do that because I think it takes a certain confidence to, to, to do anything besides sing the words that are on the page. Like to yeah. just kind of ad lib and, and do whatever you're feeling in the moment. I, I, that's something I could never do. But uh, I, I remember listening to the three John Lawton albums with Uriah Heep. My biggest complaint was like he is in the beginning of every song. Like he has to make him his his presence known well before the lyrics mm -hmm. even start. And I think this is a little bit overkill for me. Like a couple of sounds, okay. Like it's party time. You're into it. I get it. Uh, and and for me, partying is like putting on some good music and then popping uh, Pitfall in my Atari twenty six hundred and seeing if I can get to the end. <laughs> You know, that's how yeah. crazy I get. Uh, but so I, I'm not I, I'm not a big fan of that kind of, you know, uh, opening for a vocalist. But I, I do respect the fact that he's confident enough to do it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I it's it's part of the song, so I don't really I, I haven't really thought about it in so long. Right. Um, but yeah, you're definitely right. It takes uh it, it it takes a a confident guy to be able to to pull that off and not have it sound bad. I mean, whether it's too much or like overkill or ridiculous, uh, that's anybody's opinion. But I mean, sure. pulled it off. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, some people just love that stuff. They would love if there was more. Um, for me, it's just like okay, I okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but that's that's one of the reasons. Like this this kind of music isn't that big for me because I I was never like a big party music kind of guy. If you're mm -hmm. if you're at the party and they're playing the party music, then it works for me. But if you're like if you're just sitting at home and you want to listen to some music, I've never been one of those people. It's like God, I just want to hear a good party song right now. You know, right. it's, it's, it's like just the, never been my thing. It's like the opening to uh, Girls 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 by Molly Crew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know where he's going. Whoop! you know and all that stuff for a while and they're, they're mm -hmm. like talking at the end and stuff it's just like i mean that was very like of the time yeah you could say but but in contrast i'll say this if it's at the end of the song i don't mind it because mm -hmm. now like the beat's gone on we're all in the mood we're all moving around doing whatever you're doing and and you're into it then i don't mind a singer going off like like yeah. David Coverdale does a lot in in his more party type songs. He'll just riff on whatever. But yeah. at the beginning of the song, it I guess I I just like I'm not at the party yet. I'm not in the mood. I'm not ready for this yet. Like get into the song and then you can give me your. You know, I guess that's just how I feel about it. Um, yeah. But but it's I mean this was a hugely popular song. And oh yeah. To this day, this is still a big. I mean, obviously, getting licensed for Cobra Kai is a pretty big deal. So. Um, yeah, still waiting for season six. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Sitting on pins and needles. Let's uh, let's take a listen to our our next track. This is called "Back in the uh, back, back to the Rocking Horse." I can't even speak anymore. <laughs>
Yeah, I love the opening to this. Uh, the guitar sound is fantastic. I mean, they they mm-hmm. really dialed it in. I think by this point. Um, and who doesn't love a good cowbell? Yeah, right. Um, you know, except that my one my one big problem with this song, which I never or the the first three songs now is that like I already talked about it was it, it Ricky Rocket really does sound like a drum machine. I mean, I don't know if um, uh, and I mean, I might I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it sounds like there's a lot of there's a lot of compression mm-hmm. on the drums. Yeah, uh, it's like it, it's very. It, it just it sounds very keyboardish. It sounds a lot like the Casio keyboards that I that I used to have, where you press the thing and it'd be like, yeah, you know, and it's like, and that's exactly what it sounds like. And that's the only thing that kind of, you know, if it sounded a little more, I guess, organic or a better drum sound, it probably would have boosted the song up. But that being said, like this is another song that I really, I really like. I think it's got a great, it's got like a great riff. Um, it's, it's really, I think it's really heavy. Um, they tried to, they tried to do something like a little, you know, they had a couple of like, you know, a song about like sex and then a song about partying. And now this one is like back to the rocking horse, which I, without reading about, I think was like about when they were young or something like they're trying to tackle a different theme. Like, okay, this is poison being deep. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll just say as a blanket statement, I hate the drum production on every song on this album. There, there is Mm -hmm. nothing about the drum sound that, that uh, makes me happy at all. Um, But, but this was kind of the sound at that time for these kind of bands. It was really, you know, overproduced drums. Let's try and make the drums sound as big as we possibly can. Um, and, and I just don't like it. I, I actually, I, I'm not a big fan of Ricky as a drummer anyway. I think he's, he's fine for this kind of music. I don't, I don't think he's very creative, at least not from what I'm hearing or have heard from him. I think he's just an okay rock drummer. He, he's solid. I mean, he's, he's definitely on the beat, but I don't think he's very creative in the transitions and things like that. Um, which was a bit of a disappointment to me. Um, but overall, I, I actually, I like the song, um, I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of the production, but I think the song is good. I think it's enjoyable to listen to. It's the one I would hear again. Yeah, no, it's um, it definitely, when you go into the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, the, the bridge and the, the chorus and uh, the, the whole rest of the song, I think it's really, it's good. It's memorable. It's like the, I think the first like three songs on this album are all really good. If we're like not picking them apart um for for all the little things like um i definitely like i i enjoy the the uh guitar on it too like the guitar production and the sound and the tone i think are really good yeah um and even listening to the the way that the bass is like during the verse like even though we heard a short part of it i think blends in really well in the mix but i i got to agree with you especially you being a drummer i'm sure that the <laughs> the, <laughs> the drum production <laughs> yeah. drives you nuts but yeah i really um it's i mean i don't hate it but it's like it just you know it's not it's not my favorite i wouldn't pick that especially um as as uh, the the kind of the the overall presence of the drums like this is not how i would want to have them represented if you went back and you heard their first album from a couple of years before you know even though they're like oh it's a glorified demo and we didn't spend a lot of money on it the drums at least sounded real yeah on it you know, and I think that's one of the reasons that this era of music wasn't something I paid a lot of attention to because and we talked about this on the glam or on the uh, the grunge episode. I, I wasn't liking just the way music was at this point, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I 
I, the other complaint I have about this song really is just another production note is that I think the vocals are too soft on this whole album. Um, I think the guitar is a little too loud and the vocals are a little too quiet. So it's it's unbalanced to me um, when the vocals really are so important with a band like this. I mean, this is these are songs that people are going to sing along to. You know, they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to learn the words. They're going to, you know, bop their head to the beat, but they're going to sing along with Brett. So the vocals, I think, um, sometimes take too much of a backseat to the the level of the guitar. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, there is a remastered version on that. The links that I have in the show notes are to the remastered version. So I don't know if they corrected that at all. I'm working off the original version here. Um, so that would be something I, I would be curious about. But the the question I have, I've always wondered this, what the hell is so important about Humpty Dumpty that they like shut down the entire town? They all go running <laughs> over to him to see if he's okay. <laughs> Leaving the town completely defenseless. I, I've never understood that. And, and I only bring that up because the, the song opens with that, you know, that same kind of uh, poetry. But I've never understood what was so great about him that like all the king's horses and all the king's men, they just like the gates wide open. Anybody could just walk in. They're all trying to crowd around this guy because he fell off a wall. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, that that's a good question. I wish you asked that, that earlier so I could have uh, researched <laughs> it or something. But I mean... Either like he was just a beloved figure in the town or he was important, like a senator or magistrate or something like that. Who knows? Why was he sitting up on that wall? Yeah, you're (laughs) a delicate being. You should not be anywhere where you can fall. And exactly. We will will discuss this on our new podcast, Humpty Dumpty. What the fuck? (laughs) But overall, I think I think this is a pretty good song. Uh, my issues yeah. with the production aside, I mean, I, I have to separate those two things. I have to, to say that the the performance and the songwriting is one thing. The production is a completely different animal. And while production can kill my enjoyment of a song, I think I think there's a lot of good in here. I think CC's playing on this is probably to me one of his best performances on the album. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I would I would say. Um... I say there's there's other uh, there's other highlights on here, but uh, this is definitely like a good one. Like I said, I I really the first three songs are the strongest in my opinion, so I would agree with that. Yeah, very interesting. Well, while we digress into song number four, this one is called "Good Love." Was was poison considered southern rock? You know, I I don't think so. At least not at the time. But I know that um, with the with the passage of time, um, I know that um, uh, certain uh, musicians or um, you know other you know music scholars, whoever were looking at these songs, um, or whoever talk about poison songs, will um, take a lot of their uh, or some of their music and and be like, yeah, in a country context, this would have worked as a country song, especially mm. one of the ones that will be coming up, which is Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Right. 
Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, once, you know, it was pretty well established once Brett Michael started wearing his big cowboy hat and everything like that. But I mean, these guys were originally from like Pennsylvania. So, I mean, they weren't like, I, I don't know where they got that whole persona from unless collectively they that was part of their background was mm-hmm. southern rock uh, but you know what i'm i'm really not sure uh it, i i asked because this song i think this song in, in every rose has its thorn are, are probably the most southern feel but it's it's like this song is so different because of that harmonica very well yeah. played by the way i don't know if that was brett but uh that really adds a lot to this song, but it really changes the feel of, of the, the direction of the album because now you've had like three rockers. Now all of a sudden you've got a harmonica and it really feels like a whole different different thing. And it's not uncommon for a band to use a different instrument on a song, but this one just, I don't know, it, it feels like it really changes the shape of the album all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, it, it, because they didn't have a harmonica previously they didn't do any of that stuff on their their first album mm-hmm. um i don't even think they had an acoustic guitar i think it was just all just straight ahead like four instruments that was it mm-hmm. so um uh, this is definitely their their like kind of branching out song which i mean i figure by this time they had had more money yeah. um they were they were trying to you know the producer was probably like all right we're going to do a couple of different things here and you know, ramp it up a little bit. So that's where I think the harmonica came in. But uh, this is the earliest that we see of like uh, them doing that, you know, kind of uh, country type of thing, I guess you could say. Yeah. So so their producer came to them and goes, okay, guys, we got some more money. We can afford a harmonica or a vibra slap. You pick. <laughs> but you're using it in a song. <laughs> No, it's 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 a nice. I mean, it's nice and refreshing when you when you can change up the sound a little bit. But it's just like so oversaturating that intro. You're kind of like, where is this going? Like, what what just happened on this album? Uh, yeah. I think this is a great song. I think it's got a great groove to it. Um, I, I I really dig it. I, the one thing I don't like about their vocals is that they're very linear. You know, they're they're not kind of like it, it's almost like they they have a rhythm for each line, and they just stick with that. They don't start before they're supposed to start or there's like not a lot of flexibility in it. It's like by the time the third line starts, you're like, I know how this is going to go. I don't know what the words are yet, but I know the flow of it. And so I don't, I don't feel like that's one thing to me that, that makes songs feel produced. And I'm really bad at this myself. Like when I write lyrics, I suck at that, but it, it makes me feel like the song was, was geared to be played on radio as opposed to just something that they wrote and felt naturally because it doesn't have like a, a live flow to the lyrics. It's very, here's the line, here's the line, here's the line. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but o- other than that, I, I think it's a fantastic song. Again, another one that I would listen to probably over and over because it's got great energy. It's got such a great groove to it. It's got that that blues bass but it really drives. I think it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, kind of a kind of a surprising entry from these guys. You know, they they start off partying a little bit, and then as each song goes in, that that seems like they're trying to get a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like if if this had been a White Snake song at the end of it, Coverdale would have said something like "Better Believe." <laughs> it, just, it just has that feel to me. You know, he would have yeah, thrown yeah. something in there, but yeah, he would have. Good song. Uh, our next one is called Tearing, Tearing Down the Walls. Tearing 
What do you think of this one? I don't know. I I, I was always kind of like, I mean, I couldn't skip any songs on cassette, but um, this right. is uh, this is a song where I would um, I would usually skip. I mean, I, I thought the riff was was kind of heavy in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but um, I don't know. I guess I just thought it was just kind of there, you know. Um, never a huge fan of the song. Plus the fact by this time, like, uh, some of, some of Brett Michaels lyrics are just kind of like, you know, he's talking about Humpty Dumpty he says things like, uh, in this song, he says like cream of the crop. I feel like he was just kind of like, all right, like, where's my book of like American phrases. And, you know, <laughs> let me throw a few of them in, mm-hmm. um, just to, or like, even in the last one, he's like, he says his own name in the, in the song. He's just like, and then she said, Brett, why don't you, uh, you know, and it's like, you, you know what I mean? He yeah. does that in like his songs, which is like, kind of, I don't know. It kind of dates it a little bit. It kind of sounds cheesy because he's just, when he, when, um, when when he just like refers to himself or or another member of the band like pick up that guitar cc you know and oh right yeah it's just mm-hmm. like all right you know i got it like i don't know i just like to me it just seems kind of cheese ball yeah um it, it uh, like um this is the the disingenuous part that i'm kind of talking about is it sounds forced you know maybe it sounds like maybe the producer was to you know didn't was just kind of like yeah just leave it in i don't care <laughs> Because that's what that because if I was there, I'd be like, don't say that. Don't say cream of the crowd. Don't say sex on the beach. Like it's stupid. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just it sounds it just it makes me wince. It makes me be like, I don't want other people to hear this and think that I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think sometimes, <laughs> you know? like, yeah, I, this is the kind of stuff I was writing in like sixth grade or seventh grade when I was trying to be, you know, a lyricist or or whatever. I'm like, I I kind of feel like. He should like the this is getting produced and released. Somebody should go. Okay, we need to we need to update some of these lyrics before we we hit the studio. You know. Yeah. I I like the song. I I think one thing I could say as an overall statement to the album or or the band at this point is there's beauty and simplicity. These are not technically difficult songs. They're very much identifiable yeah. songs for people that aren't musicians. You know, they're they're ones that you can you can just listen to and go. Okay, here's the riff. Here's the bridge. Here's the chorus. You know, um, they're not uh, they're they're not showing great prowess as musicians. They're showing that they're good, solid songwriters, but they're not like virtuoso musicians. So you have to take that mm-hmm. into account. I think they're writing very solid songs, and I think this is a great example of that beauty and simplicity. It's a cool riff. It's a perfect tempo. Um, the The lyrical structure is good, although the the words themselves I I don't care about, but the structure of the vocals is really good. Um, there are quick changing parts, which is nice. I think the solo is great on this song. I think this solo is probably the best on the album so far. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, I, um, I haven't honestly, I haven't heard it, um, in a little while. Like I know you listened to the album in preparation. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, so it's like, I kind of forget, but it's sure. like, I do, re- I do remember what the chorus is like, which I mean, the chorus. It, it's, it's these songs, this song is weird because it's one of those where like, sometimes like I want to hear it and sometimes I don't, which is why I think it's just an okay song because it's like, I think the chorus is pretty good, but it's like, it's some, some days I hear it and I'm like, eh, you know, it's just kind of boring or you know, it's not one of them that sticks out. It's almost like what we, you know, I would say is like, would be like a filler track, but it's not, it's not awful, you right. know? Um, it, but I will, I will say this is another song that has a reverse snare in it. And my issue with, with pulling tricks like that, I think you could do it once on an album or maybe once every couple albums and, and make it really stand out. If you're doing it on more than one song, stop it. Yeah. That's, that's a trick. That's a, 
you know, it's it's not a standard sound. So that's something that you pull out now and then, you know, and I think it's a little overused on this album. I think they're trying to make the songs be ones that they could do something with live and extend it and make them a much bigger deal. Um, but if you're doing that on every song, the crowd's just going to, by song three, the crowd's going to be like, I- I'm not doing that again. <laughs> you know, you're going to lose them if you if you push those points too many times, you know. Um, that's why you don't make them sing along on every song there is. Right. You do it on one of the last ones, you know, when they're when they're starting to drop a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The anthems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 